You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. Father Greg Sackowitz, the rector of Holy Cathedral, and co-host Mark Teresi, assistant to the rector, which happens to be me, at Holy Name Cathedral. How was your weekend, Mark? It was restful, restful, getting over this cold, which uh, is just about over with. He's been with you, what, about 10 days now? Yeah. Actually, a couple that we knew from pre-cane at St. Joseph, that's her mom died, I sang that funeral. It was, so, it was just so nice to see him. You know how you connect with people? And we connected doing pre-cana years ago. We never really have not been connected. So, so his mother passed away. Her mother. Her, her mother. mother and uh, yeah. well, Speaking of illness, boy. And she was, excuse me, the, the eulogy basically described her as a loud Italian woman. A <laughs> <So. laughs> <laughs> loud Italian. How old was she? Uh, 89. I think. God bless her. A loud Italian woman. Now, speaking of illness, this coronavirus is really a uh, is becoming scary, or it is scary. Yeah. And it keeps we, spreading. And are we tending to it the way we need to? I, I, you know, you, we actually at the cathedral, we cut the cup mm-hmm. this past weekend, and I think we're going to take further steps moving forward because if there's any particular parish in the archdiocese that draws worldwide, oh, it would yes. be going to the cathedral. From every weekend, I'm greeting people from everywhere. So we've got to keep in prayer. They find a cure for this because what started out... I don't want to say innocent. She wants to say it was innocent, but it's just spreading. Other countries are taking precautions. Mm-hmm. It's now hitting. It has hit the United States, and that will only continue to spread. So our phone number three one two two five five eight four zero eight three one two two five five eight four zero eight here on Catholic Chicago. The time is eight oh two. With us in studio, Amanda Thompson, director of Catholic Campus Ministry at DePaul University, joins us to talk about young adult ministry. Amanda, how are you? Welcome. I'm good. I'm glad to be on the show. Thanks for having me. And, of course, I've known Amanda and your husband, Chuck, your children, since, what, about 2000 from St. Mary of the Woods? Yeah, we've been in our home for 21 years, so 20 years at St. Mary of the Woods, so it has been. And I would also like to claim is that back in about 2005, talking with Chuck, about Chuck entering the diaconate program. He entered in 2006, so both of you, in a sense, entered as a, you know, as a couple in terms of the work involved on your part. And yeah. Chuck was ordained to the diaconate in 2010, and now he's the administrator today of St. Mary of the Woods as a way to pastor. Yeah. Hear wonderful things about him, and you still run the religious education program at St. Mary of the Woods. Yep, and the youth ministry as well. So Father Greg is a good recruiter. You've done a a great, great job. So now how long have you had the uh, position at DePaul University? I've been here for five years. At DePaul, full-time? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I came from the Archdiocese, so I used to work in marriage and family ministries for the Archdiocese, as well as catechesis and youth ministry, too. So besides raising, was it four children? 
Three. I mean, three children, because your youngest is Leo. Yep, Leo. I was remember after Leo Man. Oh. Yes. Father Leo Man. <laughs> yep. Named and Leo oh, baptized. Yeah. You're Leo. How old is Leo today? He's 15. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 15. So let me ask you this. In your work as the on-campus uh, for adult camp, or young adult campus ministry at DePaul University is what are young adults looking for these days? You know, I think what young adults are mostly looking for is a sense of meaning and purpose in their lives. Um, they're coming at us from all different areas. Um, Catholicism is a big tent. So some of them are coming from vibrant youth ministries. Um, others are coming with from families that didn't practice, maybe went to Mass, Christmas, and Easter, and then others are coming with no faith at all and are just curious because DePaul is the largest Catholic university in the nation still, um, and Vincentian as well. So we follow the Vincentian charism, particularly with a, a focus on the care for the poor and the marginalized, um, and really trying to make sure that every student understands, touches upon that, and we create these global citizens that will go out into the world and continue to care for the poor and the marginalized in our in our world. Um, so I think they come a little disjointed sometimes because of social media, wanting a sense of belonging, wanting a place where they can express their um, identities, where they can explore who they are without their parents they're telling them who they should be or who, you know, and some of them it sticks. You know, some of them have mm -hmm. gone to Catholic Church all their lives and been involved in youth ministry. And they're like, yeah, we want more. We take those students. We form them into leaders because our mission in Catholic campus ministry is that they are formed and empowered to go into a parish upon graduation and take on leadership roles there. And we actually do a Catholic learning community that we started three years ago, which is a partnership with the archdiocese. And that's where the intersection of praxis and academia come together. So they take Catholic studies classes, and then we go out into the archdiocese meet with pastors, lay ministers, people working in social service agencies to see what pastoral ministry looks like. Now, so I'm a <clears throat> college person at DePaul. 60 years ago. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. And you're 62 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, take shots at each other. With the church today, I mean, you hear ministry, campus ministry, it might be a turnoff for for young people to even approach you. How do people, young people at DePaul, how do they find you? Yeah, that is a tough one, definitely. Mm -hmm. They're coming in with suspicion about institutions, mm -hmm. too. We've seen the studies on that as well. Many are declaring no religion as mm -hmm. none, N-O-N-E. Nuns, N -O -N -E. Nuns, yeah. yeah. So how we reach out to these students is through many different avenues, one of them being empowering students peer-to-peer. -peer. Mm -hmm. So we know that when students are empowered, they're excited about their programming, um, that they engage the student po population in their classrooms, in their extracurricular activities, and in their life. So 
um, by doing this one-on-one discipleship, small group sharing, having incredible liturgies, too, that draw people in. So when the students who are leaders are empowered with the faith and feel the joy of the gospel, that's what other students Mm -hmm. see and want, too. So they get excited about it. We have low barrier events. We just went snow tubing up in Wilmont as a way of getting people in the door, too. And then we have things like retreats. So a student may have gone on Kairos and wants to continue their retreat experience with us. So many different avenues that we try. A lot of venues. Yeah, We're going to take a little break. WNDZ 750 AM. Catholic Chicago, Father Greg Sackwitz, Mark Teresa here with Amanda Thompson, Director of Catholic Campus Ministry at DePaul. When we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit about the actual center itself and what what does a week look like in, in campus ministry for the students at DePaul. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. A census is about to take place in the United States. It only occurs every 10 years, and it's extremely important that we all participate. Hello, I am Cardinal Blaise Supich, here to tell you that I recently signed a proclamation of support for this nationwide initiative. I signed the proclamation because I know how critical the census is to our future. The census numbers determine political representation and the allocation of billions of dollars of federal, state, and local funds. Underserved neighborhoods especially need accurate counts so they can receive their fair share of improvements in infrastructure and services. Please respond to the 2020 Census questionnaires. This is for citizens and non-citizens alike. All information is totally confidential and will not be shared with other government agencies. We all benefit from an accurate census count. Thank you for participating, and may God bless you and your families. Sharon Begora, the 17th Annual Catholic Charities St. Patrick's Day Celebration is the place to be on Thursday, March 12th. Join us from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. at Fitzgerald's on Roosevelt Road in Berwyn. Irish music and dancing, a live auction, a grand raffle, and traditional Irish food and drink are all awaiting you. This fun celebration benefits the New Hope Housing Programs, making permanent housing and self-sufficiency a reality for homeless families. A limited number of sponsorships are still available. Get out your green gear and support Catholic Charities West Regional Services at this happy time of year. For more information, go to www.catholiccharities.net slash Pat's or call 708-329-4022. That's www.catholiccharities.net slash St. Pat's or call 708-329-4022. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend. 
featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the Archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. We'll introduce you to Catholic school students who are helping people in need in their communities. We'll tell you about a history-making agreement that provides several years of security for 30 Catholic schools and their students. And we'll talk with Cardinal Blaise Supich about the importance of everyone being counted in this year's census. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Fifty AM Catholic Chicago, Father Greg Sackwitz, Mark Teresi is dutiful servant here. Is that a new tie? It's actually a tie which you can't see because it's radio, but I will show Father Greg. It's from our granddaughters, and there's a picture of our granddaughters well, in the tie. So every time I put it on, I think of them. That's Lit- beautiful. It really is a nice and tie. Since can't you can't f- stop me? A shout out to Lydia, who's five years old. Her birthday. Will be, she will be March eighteenth is her birthday, oh. and our five twins Nora and Maddie, who are three years old. And by the way, Nora is going to be on the, on the cover of a toy that's going to be featured at Target. She's a cute little redheaded bun. They're both no beautiful. kidding. So we could do the rest of the show about them, but let's keep <laughs> let's get Amanda in here. We have Amanda here, remember? <laughs> yeah, I, know, I did have a daycare for eleven years oh, in my home, wonderful? so I am in love with aren't babies and children. <laughs> yeah, they just changed your life. Oh yeah. Now, getting back to older children, uh, <laughs> who you work with. Uh, I'm curious if someone's listening. So they're a student. That's one thing. How to get to campus ministry at DePaul. But if you're a parent whose son or daughter is at DePaul, you know, what goes on? What is it worth? Where is it, first of all? Sure. Where do people find you? And then what goes on? What does a week look like in, in, in uh, your ministry? Sure. We have a very privileged place in the university. About, I want to say it was 10 to 12 years ago, they Um, took a space and renovated in the student center. And the student center, we're on the first floor. We have a beautiful lounge with couches. The address? The address? It's 2250 North Sheffield Avenue. And it's where the cafeteria is. So every student who has a meal plan has to pass through. And right across from us is the St. Louis de Marillac chapel so we have a chapel right there we have daily mass that goes on right in the very hub of the university right in the hub it is absolutely fantastic between webster and fullerton we are between webster and fullerton yeah right uh, on sheffield so where's that is it the building where that statue is? Yeah, now, yeah, is yeah. Jack it's Egan. Egan. Yeah, yeah, Jack Egan. Oh so, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, what a what a fighting legend. for justice mm-hmm. in Tremendous our city. Absolutely. What a great place to be. Oh, and yeah. representing our Vincentian mission of mm-hmm. care for the poor and the marginalized. So, what young people can just come in and out daily if they want? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're open during the week, Monday through Thursday. We're open from 9 to 8 p.m., and there's always something going on. We have small faith-sharing groups that meet, that students lead. Mm -hmm. So one thing that's unique about um, campus ministry at DePaul is that the students lead everything. So we empower and pay them because our population is a working-class population of students. Many of them have jobs, Mm -hmm. one and two jobs. They're paying for their college tuition or their room and board. Um, So they need to be compensated for their time. So we have about 25 um, students that we employ, and we have a cascading model that kind of models the church, too. So we have a pastoral council, Mm -hmm. which are about five students who run— the main events that go on in Catholic campus ministry, and then assistants who work five to ten hours a week who are mentored by the pastoral council. Now, is DePaul University considered a community college? Yes. Yeah, very but, much but so. But you, you do have housing on campus. We do, but only for about 3,000 students. Oh, and there's 16,000 16, undergrad, undergrad. undergrad. And yeah. wasn't it voted the most by students, the, like the best college in the country in terms of lifestyle and things that I would say yes yeah. <laughs> I think there was a study there was a study that look, DePaul is like number one in terms yeah. of student evaluation which yeah. means but though many of your students come to class go home because yes. and then go to a job or something yes because they're not living on campus yeah yeah only 3,000 do and so that that's yeah. a challenge It is a challenge in engaging them, absolutely. Particularly this year, we made some of our retreats just overnight retreats because they couldn't spend a full entire weekend away. So trying to adapt to their schedules and find out what works for them, again, paying them, making sure that they're compensated for their time so that way they're able to be with us Mm -hmm. um, and minister to others. Do many of the uh, students of DePaul just literally just walk into your office and just want to talk? Absolutely. Yeah, we do a lot of pastoral accompaniment, too, So, and we train our students to do that, too, and offer radical hospitality. We always have food now, what do you call? What do you mean on. by radical hospitality? Radical is like one step further than hospitality, where you sit down and really listen and get to know a person. So it's not just they walk in the door and we tell them about our programming and they leave, but we really want to be open-hearted, listen to what's going on in their lives and how to connect them in. You do this very well. You did this at the parish. You met with every new parishioner that came in the door and asked them about what what were their skills and gifts. And I handed them envelopes. And then... <laughs> no, that joking. came later. With his own name on it. Take us to break, Mark. We'll take a little break. WNDZ, 750 AM. Catholic Chicago, Father Greg Sakowitz, who will send you his envelopes if you would like. Um, Mark Tracy, Amanda Thompson, when we come back, we'll continue our very, very, very informative discussion on DePaul, the campus ministry, and how young people really are owning their church uh, their way. We'll be back in a few minutes.
celebrate St. Patrick's Day while giving kids the tools they need to build brighter futures. Hi, I'm Mark Schmelzer from Mercy Home for Boys and Girls. Support Mercy Home's March for Kids this month. You can provide kids in crisis with a safe home, healing from trauma, life skills, good education, and career development that will help them become successful, independent adults. Donate today at mercyhome.org slash marchforkids. Any gift made throughout the month of March will be matched by a generous donor, so your support goes twice as far to help kids when you give through Mercy Home's March for Kids. Donate today or learn more about other ways that you can play a part at mercyhome.org slash marchforkids. Thank you for your support. Did you know you could meet your goal of running a marathon and growing in your faith at the same time? Hi, I'm Sister Stephanie of the Mission of Our Lady of the Angels here in Chicago. Our mission has valuable guaranteed entries to the 2020 Bank of America Chicago Marathon. We'll get you training help, a race weekend support crew, and much more. And by joining Team OLA, you can help support the mission of Our Lady of the Angels as we provide a Catholic presence and very needed outreach to the poor on Chicago's west side. So run with me and the rest of Team OLA in the 2020 Chicago Marathon. We also will have a team in the Bank of America Shamrock Shuffle this coming spring. Visit missionola.com for more information or call 773-486-8431. That's missionola.com or call 773-486-8431. Thanks and God bless. When Catholic Charities started in 1917, veterans were among our first clients. That work continues today. Each year, more than 20,000 veterans turn to Catholic Charities for support through a variety of services and programs. We provide vets in need with food, shelter, counseling, and more. Our job training program includes job readiness training, resume writing, mock interviews, and job placement guidance. Our supportive services for veteran families offer additional assistance as vets work to become as self-sufficient as possible. With gratitude, our veteran programs are based on the belief that as veterans faithfully served our nation, it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about our veteran services, call 312-655-7700 or go to catholiccharities.net. That's 312-655-7700 or catholiccharities.net. Back, Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. Father Greg Sackwitz has a question for Amanda Thompson. Amanda, we talk about young adults, and I find their world, there's a big difference for them between being spiritual and religious. So a lot of times young adults will say to me, I'm very spiritual, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, I believe in the Ten Commandments, I believe in serving the poor, but I don't have to go to church. So that when we talk to us, let our listeners know, Spiritual is believing in God and Jesus, the commandments, serving the poor. Religious means connecting to a faith community, happens to be ours, the Catholic faith community. So which means when we were growing, when Mark and I were growing up, because you're much younger, Amanda, to be spiritual automatically meant you're religious. You go to church. But for young people today, I can be deeply spiritual. I don't have to be religious. Why do I have to go to church? I can pray at home, pray in the car, pray walking, pray in the woods. So your thoughts, or, what, or unless I'm totally off with that, what are your thoughts on that? 
Well, you're not totally off on that. I mean, the, people have a desire for God in their lives. There's, as St. Augustine said, there's that hole, that God-shaped hole in our hearts. So they're going to find it anywhere that they can. They may be disenchanted with the church. Their parents may be disenchanted with mm-hmm. the church and the institution. So our job is to show and model something different for them, particularly around the Eucharist. And I was saying during the break that there is a disconnect between understanding what the Eucharist is and and the transformative effects that it has on your life. Coming to church on a regular basis transforms people's lives. And because you, excuse me, I will tell young adults, I'll say, to be spiritual is wonderful, but you are missing the sense of community and Eucharist. Yeah. And that you don't get that at home or walking in the woods to be gathered on the table of the Lord. And also the Lord asks that of us. Yeah. And it's very important so that in the transformative dimension of Eucharist, which is beyond words. Yeah, exactly. And they, and it's a challenge. You get challenged when you're in a faith community. You get challenged in the liturgical season. Right now in Lent, we're being challenged to look at our lives in the way that we're um, living our lives to help the poor. And also, one of the things being of Incension University is, and also young adults are really wanting to connect in with social justice. Mm-hmm. They are justice minded. You see it in the in climate action and climate justice today. But we connect it to reflection because when you volunteer and you don't do reflection, it's just work. Mm-hmm. But we connect it into the faith, whatever faith these students may be. And, and we also have a Vincentian service and formation where they can connect in no matter what religion they are as well or none. But how do we connect that back into the mission of St. Vincent de Paul, which deeply connects to Jesus' and if you And if you go to the parish, they're feeding the poor every day. Absolutely. At the parish at St. They Vincent are. De Paul. We have the Elizabeth Ann Seaton Food Pantry, and our student leaders are required to work there three times a quarter. That opens to, their eyes. Yes, exactly. Their... It has Amanda, to in the work that you do, what is your biggest challenge day in and day out? It's definitely outreach to the commuters, too, trying to to reach out and make sure that everyone knows that we are a safe place to come explore your identity and find hope, meaning, and purpose in your life. Because you're getting college students from every possible religious background or no background at all. Yeah, and the beauty of our division of mission and ministry is that we have three departments within. So it's Catholic Campus Ministry, the Office of Religious Diversity, and then Vincentian Service and Formation. So that way, when you break it out like that, all are welcome because we're Catholic all are welcome. Because we're Catholic, we're universal. We embrace all faiths. So that's the beauty of a Catholic institution. Now let's get practical here. So you are in the Office of Marriage and Family Life. Yes. You're working with young people who have a religious, maybe some bit of a foundation. foundation. Yeah. Can they find their um, future partner? Oh, yeah. You know they're looking. (laughs) I know. And he's... any stories? I mean, my oh, wife and I yeah. worked youth ministry at Paul the Cross. 
we met on a subcommittee and boom 39 years later we're still happy yep we definitely see the relationships blossom and then they want to get married at St. Vincent de Paul Parish so it's lovely because we have an archdiocesan parish right on our campus exactly so these students aren't just experiencing a chapel in the middle of their campus they're experiencing what parish life is like so we have a direct feeder into that parish we have students who are running helping to run the liturgies the choir mm-hmm. so it really is a lovely so if you're experience. a catholic parent out there and you have a son or daughter at DePaul <laughs> get them over catholic to the catholic match at DePaul <laughs> <laughs> now if they want to learn more about the work you do Amanda sure. give us a web and phone number yeah we have Facebook Instagram we're on there Catholic Campus Ministry at DePaul is the the little tagline um, and then our website is just DePaul.org and go to Catholic Campus Ministry there and what about a phone number a phone number is 773-325-4136. That number once again? 773-325-4136. want to thank, in a very special way, Amanda Thompson, Director of Catholic Campus Ministry at DePaul University. Amanda, you're doing a great job both at DePaul, St. Mary of the Woods. I heard great things about Chuck, who was the, uh, uh, the administrator of St. Mary of the Woods. So love to the whole family. He's a wonderful partner. And I will see you a week from, two weeks from now. Yes, at I our celebrate the 5 mass. o'clock mass at St. Mary of the Woods. I've been invited back. So yes. thank you for joining us, Amanda, and thank love to the family. you been listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, our phone number 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sackowitz and co-host Mark Teresi, stay with us and do not touch that dial. for a new employment opportunity where you can use your skills and experience to make a positive impact? Do you want to be part of an organization filled with talented people who are committed every day to an important mission? Then you belong at Catholic Charities. We are proud to be one of the largest nonprofit agencies in the Midwest responding to individual, family, and community needs with compassionate and professional services that restore hope and build better futures. We offer a competitive benefits package and we are always looking for dedicated individuals to become part of the team. To see our current list of available job opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net and click on the About Us tab. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. There is so much waiting for you at Catholic Charities Senior Services. We offer programs and services to help make the most of every day. Friendships and fun are guaranteed at our drop-in senior centers. Our adult daycare centers offer enjoyment and greater supervision to seniors who need it while their caregivers get a break. Holy Family Villa provides a beautiful, safe environment for seniors looking for short or long-term residential facilities. 
And we offer assistance with senior benefits, care coordination, congregate and home-delivered meals, hospital transition, and much more. For more than 100 years, we have accompanied seniors through every transition in their lives, and we are here for you now. Catholic Charities is a name and an agency you can trust. Call Senior Services today at 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. on the dial. Time is 8.32 on this rather nice Monday morning in Chicago. It is March 3rd already. No, March 2nd. Almost spring. Almost spring. It's been a very mild winter to this point. And uh, 312-255-8408 is our number. Tremendous second half lined up like we had the first half with Amanda Thompson. Uh, Father Hans Zollner and Mr. Juan Carlos Cruz join us in studio to talk about the present status of safeguarding in the church. And Father Hans Zollner is one of the world's leading experts in the area of safeguarding minors. He is the president of the Center for Child Protection at the Pontifical Gregorian Institute in Rome, a member of the Pontifical Commission for the Protection of Minors, and a consultor to the Vatican's Congregation for Clergy, and Mr. Juan Carlos Cruz is an advocate for victim survivors and a survivor himself. He influenced Pope Francis to set the stage for the global church to move away from thinking that survivors want to destroy the church, but rather instead to partner with victims as they move forward with their lives as Catholics. Father Zollner and Juan Carlos, welcome to the program this morning. Good morning. Thank you. This Good is morning. a very important program for this half hour. Again, our phone number, 312-255-8408. 312-255-8408. You have a question for either Father Zollner or for Juan Carlos. Uh, first of all, welcome to Chicago, and uh, presently you are assigned where? Are you in Rome right now, Father Zollner? I'm at the Gregorian University since 17 years, yes. I'm a full professor at the Institute of Psychology and president of the Center for Child Protection. And Juan Carlos? I live in Philly. I'm an executive for a multinational company and oh. do this on the side. Now, maybe wow. uh, you do this on the side? Yes. Wow. <laughs> what a thing on the side. Yes. Maybe as a way to begin, Juan Carlos, just briefly tell us your story and how you met the Pope. You First of all, you met the Pope when? <clears throat> I met him in April of 2018 after his visit to Chile in um, in 2018, in January, where he was completely misinformed uh, by the bishops there um, who had um, told him that, you know, the abuse was over, that, you know, none of them had been complicit of anything. and uh, But we were telling a completely different story, and, and the country, um, you know, was 
on our side because they saw it too. And so it was very sad to see these cardinals in Chile misinform the Pope so much for, and for so many years. Um, that things were fine was blown out of proportion. That things were fine, that, that, that the three of us, um, two friends and, and myself, were, were lying, were enemies of the church, and we wanted money and we wanted to destroy the church. Uh, which obviously was not true. I'm Catholic. I love my faith, and and I've remained Catholic despite everything because to me it's it's part of who I am, and it's incredibly important. And I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for so my faith. So you were faith. sexually abused by a priest as yeah, a boy. I was sexually abused by a priest for eight years. Um, in eight years. Yes, unfortunately. Yeah, it seems so embarrassing to to say it, you know, like when you, um, I was telling, you know, people last night, you know, when you consider yourself, you're an executive in a multinational company, um, you know, a global company, um, head of global public affairs, I've studied, I've done so many things. And then I, I think about myself as a younger boy, adolescent, and, you know, I let this man do that to me. And I think that's a question you that... You were a victim. Yeah, that, that's a question that many survivors ask themselves. No matter where you are in your healing process, you might be way ahead or, or, or just starting. That's always a lingering question that, that, that kills you inside. Now, so, just for a moment, Father Hans Zollner, how did you get involved in this area which has become a ministry for you? Now, I'm a trained and licensed psychologist and psychotherapist, and in my training we studied, even in the 90s, already matters of um, sexual abuse, which normally doesn't um, surface in a normal psychology training, but uh, we had that already in our uh, subjects. Then later on we invited Monsignor Rossetti, who was at that time president of the St. Luke uh, Institute uh, in Massachusetts, a treatment center for perpetrators. Um, that was after 2002 when the bishops in the U.S. had already um, 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 promulgated the Dallas Charter. Uh, so they were really tightening up on the uh, abuse and the prevention especially. So, and then in 2010, the cases exploded in Germany. Um, at that time, there was a huge chaos and the same reaction that you can see in all places um, where the church leadership was not prepared for anything like that. So we had a media tsunami in 2010 in Germany, middle central uh, Europe and uh, beyond, and that set off the second wave of major public interest in this. Uh, but um, people don't know a lot about the facts and they don't know a lot about the dynamics behind uh, perpetrators uh, in their psychic, uh, in their psychological life, in the circumstances. So we, we published um, a book, a little book, and um, then at the same time, our Jesuit um, general headquarter asked the Gregorian University to organize a major conference on this because they said it can't go on uh, all the time. So we, we organized something in 2012, uh, a major conference that was pre practically the predecessor to the uh, conference that we saw last year. And finally, I was called by the German federal government, uh, its research ministry, to be part of a working group on these matters. And I learned, I came to know the, the who is who of the European experts on this matter. And uh, I came to know a professor, a psychiatrist, who developed on behalf of the German research ministry an e-learning program. 
for the training of medical personnel and teachers in Germany uh, on uh, how to prevent abuse. And that was the starting point for the foundation of the Center for Child Protection at the Gregorian University in Rome. Now, maybe both of you, maybe Juan Carlos, you could start. Uh, you, <coughs> you're, you spoke truth to power, mm -hmm. your truth to power. You just don't, <coughs> excuse me, approach, uh, you know, go to Rome and say, I want to talk to the Pope about this. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? And then, Father, along with you, your, your priesthood now has has embraced this issue for the church, for the better, for the growth of the church. You know, we're, you're both speaking truth to power. How are you doing it? Mm -hmm. Juan Carlos? Well, yeah, so I, um, you know, there was an investigation after the Pope uh, said uh, to the media that we were saying calumny. Mm -hmm. um, they immediately came to Rome and, um, um, you know, he, it, it, what happened in Chile was terrible because uh, you know, it's a majority Catholic country and nobody was on the streets. Nobody, very few people went to the masses compared to what they expected. And so obviously something was very wrong. Mm -hmm. So the Pope came back and um, we had a press conference, um, us, um, you know, s saying that the Pope was misinformed, et cetera, et cetera. The whole media around the world took um, issue with it um, and helped us, um, you know, sort of, uh, vocalize this or or, or um, put it around the world. And he had an investigation done by Monsignor Chicluna, Monsignor Bertomeo, uh, which, you know... So one calls them back up here. Yeah. After the Pope was informed by the Chile bishops and cardinals that everything's really fine, mm -hmm. and then you, <coughs> excuse me, you had a press conference with two other gentlemen... Yes. ...and publicly came out and said... It's wrong. ...you're lying. Yes. So you really you, you you stood up there at a press conference and, and said to the cardinals and bishops of Chile, oh, yes. "You're lying to the Pope." Oh yes, absolutely. And, and that's 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 one that's fantastic. It's no, incredible. And, and yes. let me tell you what happened after after the investigation. Um, you know, um, obviously it came out because uh, they came to New York because I live in the states. They came to New York to interview me, um, and then they went to Chile. But before I did a press conference after I was, you know, interviewed for more than four hours and sent a message to Chile, go talk to these people for the first time. I feel they are doing the right thing. I feel they are hearing us. And so more than 80 people, survivors, and uh, went to talk and tell the, their story, which were horrifying. And so they brought this, um, you know, report to Rome, um, told the Pope, the Pope immediately um, you know, uh, issued an, a letter to the world apologizing, saying he had made a grave mistake and that he apologized to me and my two friends, and he invited us to the Vatican. Um, my friend stayed three days. So he listened. Absolutely. He he invited my three friend, my two friends, for three days, and I stayed a week in with him, speaking to him, telling him all about this, what he. I felt he didn't know, and I felt also this is not just about Chile. This is about survivors everywhere, right? Because I couldn't make it about me, mm -hmm. because I know that so many other people around the world are are living what I'm, what I was living, and so immediately he also issued. A, um, he had the whole Chilean bishops conference come to Rome after he talked to us. He told me, "You show yourself here at this date." Uh, and he asked for their resignation, for the resignation of the 33 Chilean bishops. Now, he's um, 
kicked out eight already, uh, but there's still a lot of bad ones, which is, um, you know, and we can keep talking about it. But what I want to tell you is that the Pope listens. I have seen a Pope that uh, suffers so much with this tragedy. And, you know, when, when I talk to him and I've had the, the, the opportunity to keep seeing him and stay in touch with him and keep talking to him. And it's horrific when the, the, the summit that F Father Hans was one of the, the people that organized it with Cardinal Supic. Um, and, you know, that was back in February of in, 19. Or 19, exactly. And to see so many bishops that went there and said, of course, yes, this is horrible. I spoke um, on a video. Other people spoke. And then many bishops w went back to their um, diocese or countries and kept doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And because there's this endemic a horrible situation around the world that bishops don't do anything until there is a scandal, and that cannot be. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, um, you know, many people say, "Yeah, the Pope can stop this." The Pope, can. the Pope cannot stop this because he needs his people to collaborate. You are lucky in Chicago to have a cardinal that really cares and that really does the right thing. You have Absolutely. great mm -hmm. clergy here, but but um, it's not like that around the world. I mean, just uh, listening to Juan Carlos <coughs> is amazing. Now, well, first of all, Mark, take us to break. We've got a couple of questions when we come back. This is a fascinating discussion. You know, in some ways, both Juan Carlos and Father Hans, this is hard to listen to because you have bishops and cardinals lying to the Pope and saying things are not that bad or it's, it's better now, and they're not in different in certain parts of the world. Take us to break, yeah. Mark. And Father Hans, when we come back, maybe we could start with what motivated you to be as involved as you are. You're, you're teaching us a new way of looking at this issue. So we're going to WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago. We'll be back with Father Hans Zollner and with Juan Carlos Cruz after a few minutes. Please stay tuned. cleaning out your closets this winter? If so, Catholic Charities would be grateful to accept any gently used clothing donation that you have. Winter coats, boots, sweaters, pants, hats and gloves in all sizes are always appreciated at this time of year in our community clothing room. Also needed on an ongoing basis are new underwear and socks for guests who come to use the shower facilities in our Pope Francis Ministries. And all types of professional clothing for men and women are most welcome in our Mary's Closet wardrobe. The special collection of dressier clothes is offered to our clients who are preparing for jobbing, 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 for jobbing. Offs can be made at 721 North LaSalle Street or at any of our regional locations. For more information, call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Thank you from everyone at Catholic Charities. Celebrate St. Patrick's Day while giving kids the tools they need to build brighter futures. Hi, I'm Mark Schmelzer from Mercy Home for Boys and Girls. Support Mercy Home's March for Kids this month. You can provide kids in crisis with a safe home, healing from trauma, life skills, good education, and career development 
that will help them become successful, independent adults. Donate today at mercyhome.org slash marchforkids. Any gift made throughout the month of March will be matched by a generous donor, so your support goes twice as far to help kids when you give through Mercy Home's March for Kids. Donate today or learn more about other ways that you can play a part at mercyhome.org slash marchforkids. Thank you for your support. back, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago. We're having a very profound, I would say, discussion with Father Hans Zollner and Juan Carlos Cruz regarding victim survivors and how the church is moving hopefully forward in, in dealing with the issue. Father Hans, this is your priesthood now. How, 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 does it, how did this impact your priesthood and and what are your goals in terms of how you're looking at the job you're doing now? Yeah, what what is it all about being a priest? Mm -hmm. uh, being a priest of Jesus Christ means uh, that uh, uh, we try to to live out uh, what he tells us in the gospel, what his lifestyle was, what his relationships were. So where do we have to be? We have to be with those who have been wounded. We have to be with those who are called by him, the little ones, children, uh, uh, minors of age, all those who are vulnerable. So this is where the church has to be. And, and priests and bishops as representatives of the church need to follow this call. And, uh, and it is uh, uh, very much disappointing. It is very much astounding that um, we have forgotten over decades in the past that this is the place where, where we need to be. And I mean, when we celebrate Mass, um, uh, we celebrate that Jesus has suffered for us, which means not only for my sins, but he has uh, suffered for all those who have been wounded and harmed grievously. And that is the place. He, he takes our weakness and our brokenness, and, and that is what we need to share with all survivors uh, and all victims of abuse. Now, Father Hans, I have a question. That is, when Juan Carlos and his two friends the three of them went to meet with the Pope, I think in 2018. Is Juan Carlos and his friends, I don't want to say responsible, but the gathering of all the bishops and cardinals in February of 2019 in Rome, is that a direct outcome of Juan Carlos meeting with the Pope in 2018? <laughs> I, I cannot reply to that because I didn't uh, hear him say so. Mm -hmm. What happened uh, is over the years, and the Pope was very frank and open about this, he, he said himself that he had uh, uh, followed a, a steep learning curve for him with regard to this issue. Now, go back to 2013 when he was elected. A week later, in his, I think it was his first public audience, he mentioned the issue of uh, child protection and abuse as one of the priorities of his uh, pontificate, 2013. In 2014, March, he established a pontificate commission for the protection of minors, of which I'm a member since the beginning, and he has given great attendance um, to, to that uh, commission. Uh, he has changed the law in 2016, uh, starting uh, with uh, what is called like a loving mother, where, where we 
this is the first attempt to introduce something like a system of accountability of bishops and other church leaders. And we have seen the, the changes after 2019 summit um, to church law universal in many important points. So we see uh, an unfolding uh, development that uh, comes to grips with a reality that surfaces now. We don't know why it's surfacing now because many of those cases go back 50, 60 years. Uh, and, and the question is why did the church leaders at that time not really take care of, of the children and were focusing on, on the perpetrators and how they could better the perpetrators and bring them so that they wouldn't offend anymore, believing in psychiatry and in spirituality that they would deter them. But we, we learned uh, in the very hard way that this uh, didn't work. And, um, and that is the, the, the point that... Many more than we're protecting the image of the church. Of, of course. Uh, uh, I think the 11th commandment for some in the church is don't create scandal. And uh, unfortunately, by doing so, that, that was the best way to prepare a bigger scandal. Because, of course, reality as, and truth comes out uh, mm -hmm. sooner or later. And then you pay a higher price instead of uh, confronting itself courageously head on. And this is what we need uh, to really to train bishops in all parts of the world, where in society at large and in the church, this is not still not uh, yet a, a, a topic. And... Uh, uh, that is dealt with, um, let me say, at, uh, as a priority. I repeat, in society and in uh, in the church, because in many cultures you don't talk about sexual misbehavior. Um, in Africa and Asia, in Latin America, in, in many parts, it's simply nothing that you could uh, openly talk about. And that is also why uh, Juan Carlos and, and his friends uh, um, have such an important voice and say in, in this because they are leading the way for victims um, and survivors from parts of the world where it's still so shameful and sometimes even more harmful if you uh, talk about what has happened to you. Mm -hmm, good. Juan Carlos. Yes. You met with the Pope on several occasions and mm -hmm. told him your story along with mm -hmm. your friends. How was the Pope transformed and changed by your visits? Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, like Father Zollner said, um, the Pope has always had a sensitivity to that topic for sure. <clears throat> what I think we were able to do and in my subsequent visits with him is sort of... Um, you know, there's sort of this Vatican speak, right, where they tell you one thing, but they really mean something else. <laughs> I tell the Pope directly like I'm talking to you, and I have no, I mince no words with him with all the respect um, that the Pope deserves. And, uh, you know, this friendship that we've developed is, I think, because of that, because I... You've been uh, very transparent and honest. Completely, completely. And, you know, w the one thing for me that is very important is to never make it about me because I realize that I am extremely blessed and lucky to be able to talk to him, but there are thousands of survivors around the world who are not heard. So um, I don't consider myself a hero or that I'm going to solve the problem with my own hands and I need a, a, I deserve a prize for it. <laughs> Quite far from that. I, people who know me can tell you I'm not like that. But I do believe You're the that, voice for those that don't have a voice. But I want to be that, you know. And, and, and many times in interviews they ask me, man, you know, there's such media fatigue with all this topic and bishops who just want to 
get it done with. And, you know, and in some places you can get killed for accusing bishops. Literally, I mean, it's true um, in Latin America, in India, in, 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 in places. But in Latin America, which is what I know a lot of. And I've, so I've, you can be killed for coming <clears throat> forward. I've seen, I mean, in Peru, there's a bishop that has sued two survivors for uh, exposing him, right? Um, so uh, the, it's, it's incredible the stories that we could go in, into here. Uh, and the Pope hears them, and he does things that people don't know, mm-hmm. um, and he does a lot. Now, um, you know, I don't want to say that this is a problem that it's um, it's solved. It's there. It's you know, like I said, there's many many survivors that have no voice. Uh, many many survivors that kill themselves, uh, which is horrible. Uh, I have friends that have committed suicide because of this, and so. It is so important to keep this topic afloat, to have people like Father Zollner, to have Cardinal Supic, to have um, Monsignor Chicluna, to have people like that, to have a pope that cares. Um, now, many times they tell me, uh, Cardinal Erasuiz, who was a, a monster in Chile, who, who was the one that hid everything, who was terrible, he told me once when I was trying to get information about our case, he said, the times of the church are not the times of the world. Yes, the times of the church have to be the times of the world. Exactly. Survivors cannot wait anymore. They are suffering in silence or not so in silence, so he told but you they're that. suffering. This cardinal, yes, uh-huh. he was a, he was a monster. Um, and so, so we need to um, have this topic constantly on our minds and doing something for survivors. Now, Father Zollner, as you listen to Juan Carlos, um, when does the healing occur? When does the healing occur? The healing c- cannot be commanded and it cannot be fastened. Um, it cannot be hurried. Healing can take place when people are listened to. That is the very first step. So most survivors that I uh, encounter say that uh, for them it's not about money, it's not about uh, being going public, exactly. uh, it is about being listened to. And uh, this is, I think, what Juan Carlos experienced with the Holy Father. I was with the Holy Father in 2014 uh, when he had invited for the first time survivors to Santa Marta. So he was uh, meeting six survivors three men, three women from Ireland, England, and Germany. And I accompanied the Germans uh, for, uh, for the translation. And um, um, the two persons, very different uh, lives, very different history of abuse, very different positions um, with regard to the church and so forth, um, were healed literally. I mean, the lady um, had some psychosomatic uh, pain for for years, and nobody could explain them. After the meeting with the Pope, that was gone. So, um, so you see what l- really listening, not only with opening the ears and the eyes, but also and mostly with the heart, mm-hmm. is a healing experience. We need to then, bring the program to a close. Beautiful. Unfortunately, we want to thank beautiful. in a very special way Father Hans Zollner, one of the world's leading experts in the area of safeguarding minors, and Juan Carlos Cruz is an advocate for victim survivors and a survivor himself. 
you have been profound this morning. Thank you for the sharing our prayers with you. I knew you were speaking a few times here in Chicago. I want to thank in a very special way co-host Mark Teresi, the work of our producer Jim Dish, and great work of our engineer Michael May. For our listeners, God bless. Our prayers are with you. Yes, we need yeah. Thanks for world. having us. Thank you. Thank you. wonderful. Thank night. you. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.